Okay, everybody, this is Emar Silver too. Welcome to another edition of the Technical State of Georgia Athletics. We're going to preview, or not do a preview necessarily, but go over the announcement of Georgia State football being in the Carmelia Bowl on Christmas Day. I have some thoughts on that. We also have the playoff picture set for college football as well. And I have some opinions on the final four teams of Alabama, Georgia, Cincy, and Michigan. And uh, some news and notes in the world of college athletics as we roll on through. As always, to follow everything that we do, head to the mothership to sportsinquire.net, premier site for news and notes in the world of sports. You can go on our site and see plenty of awesome content from Georgia State, Georgia Tech, some Georgia as well. Uh, make sure you go to the site to keep track of all those college programs as we cover them. You can also go to our social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Sports Inquirer. That's all one word. Do a search on there and you'll be able to keep track of everything that we have going on. And finally, subscribe to our audio and video hosts such as YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Do a search on those. Uh, find us on there and you'll be able to similarly keep track of all that we have going on. So uh, yesterday it was announced, by the way, we're recording this on December 5th, 2021. So yesterday on December 4th, Georgia State was announced to be in their third straight bowl game with this one's going to be against Ball State in the Tax Act Camellia Bowl on December 25th in Montgomery, Alabama. Before we get the specifics of this contest and Georgia State's season to date, here is head coach of the Panthers, Sean Elliott, on the bowl selection. I mean, we're thrilled to death to have another opportunity uh, to finish this season out the right way. It's an exciting time for us here at Georgia State. Uh, our third straight bowl game, something that's never been done in school history. We've got a chance to go finish it with most wins in school history. We've been to bowl games four out of the five years that our staff has been here. And, uh, you know, it, it, we're just really grateful for everything. And um, this experience is going to be a little bit unique, uh, playing over the holidays and then playing on Christmas Day. Um, I told, like in the staff, I said we're going to have presents with the Panthers on Christmas morning right there. Santa's going to make sure to show up. Um, but I'm just proud of what we've accomplished and, and how we've done it and uh, the way we've done it this year to fight from – where we started and, and to see, you know, our team get rewarded. And we're going to have a great experience in Montgomery. And we're going to go down there and, and we're going to play our tails off to, to make our, our, our university proud and our fans proud of us. Yeah, and so far this season, the Panthers are seven and five overall, a six and two in the Sun Belt, and they finished second in the Sun Belt Eastern Division and enter bowl season as one of the hottest teams in the nation with six wins in their last seven contests. Remember, they started the season one and four, including losses at Auburn, at home to Army, uh, at North Carolina. Things were not looking so good for the Panthers. But here is Coach Elliott, and I asked him about this during the presser, about the team rebounding from its slow start and where it is now. Yeah, it just says that we have a lot of tough-minded individuals that uh, that really pulled together and, and, and stayed with us. And we stayed as a group. You know, there wasn't any finger-pointing or or doing anything kind of like that, that a, that a lot of teams have uh, when you start off at, or have a slow start or you're unsuccessful at different times of the season. There was none of that. It was just a, a work mentality that you come in here and we work hard and we, we knew what we had. So we didn't get frustrated because the wins weren't coming. We just knew 
hey, keep uh, keep the, your head down and, and the wins will come. And they did. Um, but I'm, I'm so very proud of our football team, what they stand for. There's a lot of great men. There, there's a lot of great men in that locker room that represent uh, Georgia State. And uh, like I said, it's, it's a great way to finish up. I'm very proud. Yeah, and you look at the schedule before they start really going to conference way. In fact, one of those losses was to Appalachian State at home pretty handily. And you figure, wow, Georgia State's going to struggle to get to 500 uh, let it, overall, let alone have a, a winning record in the season and in the conference. But they rebounded, took advantage of several of teams that they were better than on paper, such as Louisiana Monroe and, and things like that. But uh, their highlight wins was at Coastal Carolina when Coastal was ranked at the time. That was a big victory. Uh, getting a victory at home against Troy to wrap up the regular season has really secured a lot of good things for the Panthers. And as I mentioned, this is their third straight bowl game. It's the first time in program history they will be in three consecutive bowl games. And there's a fourth bowl appearance in five seasons under Coach Elliott. So now the Panthers are in the 12th season of football since launching the program in 2010. And this will be the fifth time in the last seven years that they have, they, they will participate in a bowl. Uh, they are looking, their first bowl win came in 2017, the AutoNation Cure Bowl, and they're 2-2 two two in bowl games in history. And we'll do a full preview of the bowl contest in the next episode or two. But here's Elliot on potentially winning the eighth game of the season, which would be a program record. Yeah, well, you know, Stan, anytime you do something that's never been done before, that's a special moment. I don't, it doesn't matter. Uh, and what profession you're in, uh, how young or how old you are, uh, it's always a special moment for us. So for us to go out and have the opportunity to set that, um, especially, you know, from from how we started, uh, it's it's a really good feeling to know that we have that opportunity to do it against a Ball State team that uh, we know we're going to have to go out and fight hard against. Uh, but it's it's an opportunity and it's something that, you know, it's not just going and playing in that bowl. There's something else out there for us, and that's to set that record. Yeah, tremendous uh, credit to to Coach Elliott. Well, it really starts with Trent Miles uh, before Elliott got to the program. He was able to lead him to that first bowl game and it's that, that, that first bowl, you know, victory. You got to give Coach Miles credit for that. Uh, but Elliott has taken Coach Elliott has taken it to a, a big level. And I said there are they are in a role right now with their bowl appearances. So we'll be keeping track of all that's going on there. And we also got the announcement of the All Sun Belt Conference team. Uh, 13 Panthers were named to that team, including first teamers uh, Shad Shamarius Gilmore. He is the first player in pro in first uh, player in program history, and one of only two players in league history in the Sun Belt to be an All Cell Belt honor five times in his career. And Gilmore was named to the first team for the second consecutive year. So it was a big honor for Shad, for Shamarius Gilmore. We've had him on the show several times. Uh, so we'll try to catch up with him before that bowl game takes place. Sophomore safety, Antavius Lane. He is already a career leader in interceptions in program history for the Panthers. He is also on the first team along with Gilmore. So here is Coach Elliott on those sun, all Sun Belt selections. Accomplishment for all those guys and what they've done, uh, you know, during this season. Um, I'm really proud of those 13 guys, but I'm telling you, there's there's more than those 13 guys that needed to be recognized for all conference. So 
it's just as happens that that's the way it is. You know, you have to vote and some people vote the way they do, but we've got a lot of really talented players that, that didn't get on those teams. But for the ones that did, uh, like a guy like Quan, you know, first five time uh, honoree is, is something special. I mean, golly, I mean, he's going down the, in the history books. Those, 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 <laughs> he's going to be etched in stone somewhere. I'm surprised he can still play, you know, after all them games and all them reps and to continuously uh, push his game and elevate his game to always stay up there at the top uh, level is something to be said for him and what he stands for and, and what type of player he is. Yeah, and that's a really big honor for Georgia State to get uh, the amount of honorees uh, on that list. So that's a, a very good situation for them. Another good situation, though, and this transitions into the rest of the college football picture. Cincinnati, the the, the champions of the AAC, they are now in the college football playoffs. They are the first non-Power 5 program, and we all know the Power 5 programs are teams that are in the Pac-12, the Big 12, the SEC, ACC, and Big 10. Yes, uh, those are the five, in those five conferences. But then you have other conferences like Conference USA, the Sun Belt, uh, the AAC, uh, programs like that, the WAC, you know, all those programs and those various conferences. Uh, they are the first team outside of that Power 5 to be in the playoffs. So that's a big moment for the group of five. And I asked Coach Elliott about that, Cincinnati getting into the playoffs and a group of five team uh, being in the big playoff picture, the big dance. So here's Elliott on Cincinnati getting in. Well, it, it starts with recruiting the, the better players. Uh, you get better coaches in here. They get the better players in here. The programs become better. And they have, have the ability to go and, and do things uh, on the big stage uh, to go out and, you know, you see what Cincinnati has done, and he's a, he's Coach Fickle's a heck of a coach, and see what their program is doing for, uh, I guess, the reputation of the group of five. Um, it's awesome to see. I'm very proud of them. I'm very proud to see them go into that that playoff four and have an opportunity to go knock knock them off. And, uh, you know, if there's a, a fan of Cincinnati right now, it's, it's Sean Elliott because uh, I want to see it happen. I know it can happen. Um, I know the players that we have, not just on our roster, the players that we see across the country in the group of five are really, really good football players. And they have uh, the ability to go out and play a high, high level of football. So uh, it's it's awesome to see those guys do that. It's awesome to see our conference be successful. We do have good football coaches in this conference, and we have great football players in this conference. Yeah, and we've seen the evolution of the college athletics from – when 10 so years ago, when Boise State was in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma, it was like, oh my goodness, that's a really crazy scenario. I remember when Utah was undefeated, finished season undefeated under Urban Meyer. They played the pit, I believe, in the, the Fiesta Bowl and with Alex Smith as quarterback. And that was an anomaly as well. Like a, when Utah was in, was in the WAC back then, or in the Mountain West, one of the pro, one of those conferences. And they found their way into uh, a big bowl, and that was a, a big deal. But we've seen these teams. Cincinnati last year was in the in the Peach Bowl. Central Florida has been in the Fiesta Bowl. And we've seen these teams get to these major, make these major bowl appearances. But now to have one in the playoffs is major, and they earned it. They defeated Houston, thirty-five to twenty, to finish the regular season uh, undefeated or undefeated so far this year. Luke Fickle, probably one of the top 
four or five coaches in all of college football. Don't at me at that, because after Dabo, Saban, I'll give you, I'll give some love to Kirby. Beyond that, you know, you can or Ryan Day, oh, and Harbaugh, maybe not top five, just name in the list. But he's in the conversation as far as top ten coach all, uh, not all time, top ten coach in the uh, in college football right now, possibly top five. Uh, but he's a very good coach, uh, to head the quarterback, senior quarterback, very good player there as well. You had all that together, the Alabama transfer at running back, solid defense. Cincinnati is one of the top four teams in the nation. So that's going to be a very uh, big game and very interesting to see what happens there. And they're going to face Alabama, the top seed in the playoffs. They defeated Georgia 41-14. to I don't know if Alabama was necessarily playing possum in, throughout the regular season because we've seen them, what they did well against Georgia is th- things that they've struggled with throughout the regular season, particularly in that loss to Texas A&M and even then last week in that overtime victory at Auburn, they've struggled to protect the quarterback and to rush the quarterback. And you would think those are the big strengths of Georgia, but Alabama did a very good job in that contest against the Bulldogs. We saw him protect Bryce Young. He threw for 250 plus yards in the first half, uh, dominated the contest from there. We saw Georgia not be able to control the line of scrimmage on the offensive end because we've seen all season them be, them be able to run the ball consistently, uh, whether it's uh, James Cook or, uh, or Zeus at the running back, Stetson Bennett doing some play action, some rollouts and things like that. They were unable to do any of those situations against Alabama. And look, and on the Georgia side, we're based in Atlanta. So we hear from a lot of Georgia folks very confident heading into that game. And you got to be very careful for two reasons. One is Nick Saban. Even on his worst day, he's going to put together a confident team to put on the field, especially with Alabama, all that talent, all the resources. So you knew it was going to be a blowout. I picked out, I picked Georgia to win, though. I will admit, I think I picked them to win by 10, double digits. Uh, you know, but some people saying, oh, they're going to blow them out by 20 or 30. No, none of that. But when you have Alabama be able to have good line of scrimmage play, which is what they've kind of struggled with it throughout this season, as far as in the, the big games, they were able to control that. They were able to control Georgia. And I said, I don't think it's all on Stetson Bennett and to bench him and uh, go to JT Daniels. There'd be plenty of time to make that argument. But I think that the conservative nature of Georgia's offense does not lend itself to be in a a shootout as far as scoring goes against an opponent. And Alabama has the ability to get the 35, 40 points in the contest. Now they could give up 35 or 40 themselves on a defensive end. But when you have an offense like Georgia, that is very pedestrian and they have been, it's a tremendous tight end, maybe the best tight end in the entire country. And he's a freshman. Uh, they, as I mentioned, they have some good running backs. You see George Pickens coming back now. He's a, I think he's gonna be a future first round NFL pick at wide receiver. I know he's coming back from a knee injury, so he's not completely there yet. But they have tremendous weapons to throw to. But if George is not able to control the line of scrimmage and not able to use their uh, get a diverse playbook going, they're going to struggle to move the ball. And Bennett. While he does have some uh, some good legs, he does not have the consistent ability to throw the ball down the field to really stretch the defense out. 
And we saw some of these big catches by Bennett, the tight end. He had to jump and dive and do all this stuff because they were bad throws. Bennett did not have a good game. I know in the end he threw for 200-plus yards. Look at the numbers, not too bad. But the pick six, not a good situation there. Uh, but just uh, it wasn't all his fault. He didn't. The thing is, when and I heard a caller say this on one of the, the radio shows locally, he's not the reason you lose a game, but he's also not the reason you win a game. And a contest against Alabama in that scenario, you need a Bryce Young to to come out and win that type of game for you. And Ben is just not that guy. I don't know if JT Daniels is that guy, honestly. Uh, but that's what Georgia has to figure out when they get to face Michigan. In uh, the Orange Bowl, the, the Michigan is now the two seed. They defeated Iowa 42-3. to Respect to Jim Harbaugh. And I'm not going to go back and give flowers to Harbaugh. He's one of the highest paid coaches in college football. He's at Michigan. This is where they should be more consistently. Now, I'm not saying they could be a, n- a number two seed, a Big Ten champion every year. Because, yes, they do play some teams in the non-conference. And Ohio State's right there, too. But for Harbaugh, it's taken taken them a very long time to get Michigan to this level. So respect to him this year. Michigan finally playing up to its potential. But I'm not going to go back and recast years of underachievement with the Wolverines. But they are here right now. Uh, they're a game two seed. I think that's going to be a very interesting contest against Georgia. And just a quick predictions on that, and we'll wrap up this edition of Texas State. I think Alabama beats Cincinnati. I think too many athletes on Alabama's side, that line of scrimmage is going to be a big deal against Cincinnati. So I think that's going to be tough. As far as uh, since as a Michigan and Georgia, I would say Georgia is a slight favorite right now, in my opinion. But I, but Michigan, they have good lines of scrimmage on their side of the ball as well. They also like to run the ball. And, and Hutchinson's a tremendous defensive lineman. For the Wolverines, maybe the best D lineman in uh, in college football. I know Jordan Davis is right there as well. They're a bunch of guys, uh, but Hutchinson is a tremendous one there. So I think that's going to be a line of scrimmage game. I think Georgia has a little bit of a better offense, even with the issues with Stetson Bennett at times. But that's going to be a very interesting contest uh, as it comes along, and we'll have plenty of time to preview that contest as it comes closer. As always, to follow everything that we do, go to the mothership to sportsinquire.net. You can also go to our social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Sports Inquire. And then finally, subscribe to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts under the Sports Inquire. Until next time, good fight, good night, and be safe.